Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. One hour down, we are into hour number two of the program. Can you believe it? The St. Louis Blues preseason, it is essentially here. They are playing their first preseason game coming up tomorrow. Tomorrow, they are going to be in Wichita, one of America's great cities, by the way. I like Wichita. I don't know if you've ever spent any time in Wichita. Matt Pajeski is shaking his head no. I went to college in the state of Kansas, so I spent some time going around uh, going around the state. Wichita is a great city. I was just talking about that with somebody uh, the other day. I, I think it's a great city. There's good downtown, good restaurants, stuff to do. Wichita State basketball is a really, really big deal there. Like It just feels like that's a big-time event on nights of Wichita State basketball games. Just, there's a lot. Base, Wichita State baseball used to be a national power. I always How do you build a national college baseball power in Wichita, Kansas? That's the sport. So, sidebar. That's the sport in college athletics that I just I don't understand how any of it actually like works for so many. First off... Uh, if you are north of the Mason-Dixon line, you're spending the first month, month and a half of the season playing tournaments in Florida and Arizona and Texas and California. I was once told by somebody uh, connected to a college baseball program that they would work it out that most of the college baseball players would load up with classes in the first semester take like 18 or 21 credit hours in the first semester and then take just six or something in the second semester because you're never on campus. You're always somewhere. You can't play games north in you know February and March when the college baseball season begins. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then, yeah, how do you, how do you build a program in, uh, in Wichita to be a national power? But that's what they did. So there is your Wichita moment here on Sports Open Line. We talk about it, though, because, again, the Blues are going to be playing uh, a game in Wichita. Uh, Craig Berube spoke uh, to the media earlier today, was actually asked about that. We don't have that. We, we're not going to play this audio, but I'll tell you. He sounded kind of fired up about the fact that they're going to play a game in Wichita and they're going to play a game in Kansas City. They're going to play NHL games in markets that don't have uh, NHL teams. And I think it came from a place of just wanting to grow the game grow the game of hockey, 
get kids in Wichita to show up to a preseason St. Louis Blues game and create hockey fans out of it, which is something that uh, is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, they're going to play a game in uh, in Wichita, one of eight preseason games. Does eight seem like a lot? Uh, it seems like a lot to me. Barui was asked whether or not uh, he liked the long eight-game preseason. It is a lot, but at the same time, you get to see all your young guys play games, and I think it's important for the organization and for the young guys that you draft, you know, that are here, and if you only had five games, maybe they don't get games, you know. So, uh, you know, for them it's important. They they go back to their junior teams and, and things like that, and, you know, they're – going back with some excitement playing in an NHL exhibition game and uh, it's it's good for our management team and, and coach and staff to uh, see these guys in action so that's you know one of the reasons why you know there's a lot of games and it's important that you know we can get our young guys in there yeah so they'll get a lot of young guys in there they're gonna have a group that's going to play in the game they're gonna have another group that's not going to play in the game who's going to have more of a standard practice. They said they're going to do some more five-on-five, kind of have an internal uh, inter-squad exhibition more than anything else. I mean, they're just getting underway with training camp. So a lot of these guys who are uh, playing in this first preseason game uh, will get sent back to their junior teams and things like that. But just an opportunity to put on the blue note, have experience uh, in an NHL exhibition game, and uh, take that uh, on to wherever they are going to be playing this year. Uh, more specifically to that, uh, Baruby did ask, was asked about uh, his overall expectations for this preseason opener. Well, we'll have a young lineup going in there and, um, you know, just taking a look at a lot of young guys and, you know, inexperienced lineup, but at the same time, you know, there'll be, there's guys that are playing that are, they're out there to prove something, you know. Yeah, that, for some guys that may be what their only chance, right? Or they may get one or two chances. I mean, in terms of playing yeah, in the season. Games. Yeah, for sure. And then there's some other guys that, you know, are fighting for a spot and they need to play well. One of the more interesting storylines going on right now with this team, I think, especially at this point in the year, and some other storylines will start to uh, develop as we uh, continue on and get closer and closer to the season. But what Two things with Ryan O'Reilly. First off, his contract status. He did speak with the media earlier today. He said that there's been some initial conversations, some kind of just unofficial, just general conversations between his representation and the team about a possible deal. That's good news, by the way. That's good news. He also made it really clear that he's not worried about it, doesn't think that uh, Doug Armstrong's worried about it, and that it's going to kind of work itself out. Now it's... It's easy to say that on September 23rd, and he's a really good player, and uh, the Blues have to be incredibly creative in what they are doing from a financial standpoint, just the way uh, the roster and the payroll is put together. So it's not going to be easy to get this done, but based off his comments today, you would have thought that this is going to be a really easy thing, and that's that's good news. Not that he's going to sit there and take a whole lot less money to stay in St. Louis, but it feels like he's motivated and he feels like the organization is going to do what they need to do 
to make sure that he sticks around. So that's one side of it, just the fact that uh, he's you'd like to see him signed long-term and not go anywhere, just how important he is uh, to this team. The other side of it is one person who did leave the organization in, in David Perron. And what does Ryan O'Reilly's production look like when there is uh, when there is no Perron? Because it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Those two guys have been on a line together, and uh, Barui did uh, spend some time speaking about that and admitted that it does, could uh, potentially look different, but it doesn't lower expectations for anybody my expectations really don't change with him you know um we need him to be a solid 200 foot player and all situational player which he has been over the years and done a great job and he's a captain of the team so obviously he's got to lead by example and and be a good leader um you know i think the biggest thing is to form a chemistry with somebody you know like him and Perron just had this chemistry and it was formed. If this doesn't happen, you got to work at it. And, you know, they need, need, he needed time with Perron, and, which we gave him. But um, I think that's the most important thing. And he'll figure it out. He's a smart guy. He's a very intelligent hockey player. So I don't see that being a problem. You know, whoever it is, maybe it's Jordan Cairo that he forms his chemistry with. And, um, you know, the style of play will be a little bit different for sure. Because yeah. Perron's a different player than him, yeah. but um, he—I don't see it being an issue with Ryan O'Reilly adjusting to that. So the preseason gets underway tomorrow night in Wichita. They're going to take on Arizona. Eight total preseason games, and then the regular season not that far out. It is scheduled to uh, begin on October fifteenth. So we're less than a month away from their season opener, October fifteenth, and it's going to be fun to see what they can do. Um, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Jordan Bennington because his his arc and just kind of what he's done obviously had the incredible run when they won the Cup, uh, had the incredible run last year in the postseason when uh, he got injured. And I think every Blues fan out there would love to be able to go back in time and get rid of that injury and see whether or not they pull the upset against Colorado. Uh, his performance in the regular season has been somewhat inconsistent, but with, with all due respect to uh, Thomas Grice, there's there's not really a backup to push Bennington now. So we look at who needs to step up, who needs to be consistent. The guy is Bennington, and if he can look like some version of his playoff self, and then you get a couple guys stepping forward, some young players moving uh, forward. There's some young prospects. Don't know if they're going to break camp with the team. Don't know when for sure we'll see them, but that's that's one reason to be excited. But, it, again, it all comes down to what's the difference between you and Colorado and if you cut down that difference. I don't know if they have. I don't know if they have really cut down the difference all that much uh, between uh, themselves and Colorado, but obviously pretty high expectations going into the season this year for the Blues. And it's here. Hockey season is here. Preseason hockey can you believe it? it? It feels like a week ago that the season was coming to an end, and now all of a sudden we're in the spot where hockey is going to be uh, back being played. So it's a good time. Good time to be a sports fan in St. Louis. Cardinals-Dodgers tonight. We're continuing to get you all set for that. Our coverage is going to uh, begin one hour uh, from now at uh, 8.15. We'll take a break. We'll continue to talk about uh, Cardinals and Dodgers as they are in action tonight. Albert Poole spoke with the media a little while ago. We'll continue on in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Friday night on KMOX. We are less than an hour away from our coverage of Cardinals baseball. Pre-game coverage getting underway at 8.15 for a 9-10 first pitch. Jose Quintana against Andrew Heaney. Very happy to welcome on to the program someone who covers uh, baseball, covering the Dodgers and the Angels for the Los Angeles Times. He is Mike D. Giovanni. You can follow him on Twitter. I'll just spell it out. Mike and then D-I-G-I-O-V-A-N-N-A. If you don't have that, you can just head to the uh, KMOX Sports account and you'll see the tweet uh, that he's tagged in. Mike, thanks so much for the time. How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so Albert Pujols spoke with the media just a little while ago. He's doing these scrums and obviously a lot of attention on him in Los Angeles considering his history with the Angels and the Dodgers at the end of last season. Uh, what was the tone? What was your takeaway from what he had to say today? Uh, you know, it was sort of similar. To, I was down in San Diego with uh, for that series and similar stuff. And I guess if I had to describe a tone, it seems more relaxed than he did when he, uh, you know, before he hit number 500 and 600 with the Angels. I don't know if that's just because he knows uh, the end of his career is coming up. And I think he sort of sort of accepted, uh, I don't want to say resigned himself to the possibility of not doing it, but if he doesn't, it's like, is he going to be less of a player if he ends up with 699 and not 700? It's just that big round number that's very impressive, a, you know, super exclusive club to belong in. So I know deep down he wants it, but I don't think – he doesn't seem to be stressing over it like he maybe did uh, with some of those other milestones. How is he viewed in Southern California where he had a very uneven tenure with the Angels and then had a had a nice finish to uh, the season last year with the Dodgers? Yeah, his whole tenure in Anaheim was so strange because uh, – you know, there was so much fanfare when he signed before 2012, that huge contract coming off a really another really good year, a World Series in St. Louis. And uh, you know, he got off to that super slow start in his first year with the Angels. And then meanwhile, uh, Mike Trout comes along and, and in his rookie year and within, you know, a couple of months has sort of established himself as the 
best player in the game. So I'm not saying Albert was overshadowed, but when you add up the fact that Trout uh, came along and, and, is, and did what he did, and then Shohei Otani comes along and is doing what he's doing, uh, you know, Albert didn't really move the needle much in Anaheim, to be honest. And the fact that the team did not win a playoff game during his nine-plus years there did not help. Uh, I think he's actually remembered a lot more fondly for his five months with the Dodgers than he was for nine plus years with the Angels. He he was really loved and sort of beloved here. The fans really took to him. The players took to him. He seemed really energized by getting back uh, with a team that had World Series uh, aspirations and potential and was winning and, and went to the playoffs. And I just think it really energized him last year. Uh, and I think that's probably, uh, if not the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why he uh, is playing right now. He, uh, Dave Roberts the other day made the comment that he's invested in Pulse getting 700 home runs. That if it happens against the Dodgers, he'll be on the top step and he'll be he'll be celebrating. I think that goes a little bit to what you just said. It's it's remarkable that in a pretty short amount of time he did make the impact that he made on the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean it wasn't just. I mean, he was a pretty key player off the bench for them. You know, he had some, a bunch of injuries going down the stretch. You know, he hit, I think, 12 homers. Uh, numbers, uh, other inter- you know, his other numbers were pretty solid. Uh, and I think what the fans saw is just, you know, the bear hugs and the dugout, the smile on his face. I, I just think for so long in Anaheim, we didn't see that. And there was, you know, some good reasons for that. But I think uh, there, there was a joy that he showed uh, while he played here last year, and I think that really rubbed off on the fans and how they sort of perceived him. One of the most challenging things in baseball is to have your postseason fate locked in and then still continue to play at a high level. And uh, Dodgers lost a couple games in that series against the Diamondbacks. It was a five-game series, so you still uh, see the team taking three out of five. But what what's the tone, kind of the tenor of the team right now is they need to find a way to play these final couple weeks and a whole lot of games that really don't matter. Yeah, it's a balancing act to sort of rest guys and rein in some of your starting pitchers' workloads and you know not overwork your bullpen while trying to maintain some kind of edge. But the fact is, there's still a few weeks away from the playoffs. Uh, I think a bigger concern is having you know, four or five days off before they play in the first round. That's where you can really lose an edge. But, uh, you know, as, as good as the Dodgers are, 104 wins, I think, right now, you know, best team in baseball, they have some serious issues. You know, uh, before the game, Dave Roberts announced that Craig Kimbrell is no longer their closer. He hinted at that last night. Uh, Blake Trinan has not really bounced back from the shoulder injury. They're really the back of the bullpen. I don't want to say it's a mess right now because they have some quality arms, but the challenge for them is going to be figuring out in this last two weeks here how to line them up. You know, are they going to move a guy like Evan Phillips, who's been their best high-leverage guy this year, into the closer role? Do you put Bruce Dargratterall, who throws 101, 102, but you know, still has a tendency to get hit and, and really uh, you know, hasn't done that kind of thing in his career. Do you put him back there? Do you go with one of their lefties? Do you maybe Chris Martin, the veteran? You know, they're, they're going to have to sort some things out here. So, uh, yeah, they, they clinched a long time ago. Uh, and you might think they're cruising into the postseason, but they definitely got some issues. The starting pitching has been good, but it's, 
I, I don't know. I, I'm saying this from St. Louis. Maybe people in Los Angeles would disagree with me. I We've seen some rotations for the Dodgers that scare you. I don't feel like this rotation scares you. Is that is, is that a fair assessment? Maybe. Uh, I mean, Julio Arias uh, is going to be their ace coming into October, and he's had a good year, really, as anybody in the league. Uh, Chris has really matured and established himself as a reliable, durable, you know, sometimes dominant starter. Clayton Kershaw has uh, shown in his four or five starts since he came off the injured list uh, from his latest back injury that he's almost every good as he, he, he has been uh, for the last few years. He looks really good to me, really locked in. And then for the last three spots, you know, you're looking at uh, Tyler Anderson, the lefty who's had a great year. Uh, Andrew Heaney, uh, you know, not a – not a real maybe a guy who you look at as being dominant, but he you know it's, look at his strikeouts for nine innings, and you know it's possible he could be pretty good. And then to me, the wild card is Justin May. He's got the best stuff of anybody on that staff. Coming came back from Tommy John surgery um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and has been really erratic. You know, he has looked dominant at times, and he's been really out of sync and. You know, it doesn't look like he has much command at times. So, it, you know, typical return from Tommy John, kind of what you expect. Uh, but if he can get locked in, dialed in uh, for October, I think, uh, you know, they may not match up with a Scherzer to Grom uh, rotation in New York, but they're definitely good enough to be very, very competitive. Last thing for you, we're talking with uh, Mike DiGiovanna from the uh, Los Angeles Times. There's a possibility these two teams could match up against each other in the postseason. Is, is there any impact on a series at this point, um, you know, a couple weeks before the postseason, and how that could impact a potential playoff matchup? Maybe a little, probably not a lot. Um, you know, you'll probably, a guy like Kershaw will probably, you know, some of the veteran guys who really are more into the cat and mouse game. And even uh, you know, I talked to Adam Wainwright about this the other day in San Diego. You know, he's sort of in it that he's not going to give away too much against the Padres, uh, even though, you know, you know, these teams are still pretty important for, for the Cardinals. Uh, you may not, you may see him hold back some stuff, but in terms of a head-to-head matchup, I mean, yeah, you're, you're it's late September, uh the teams you see here right now are probably what you're going to see in October. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a nice little sort of a barometer uh, on what a head-to-head matchup would look like. And we saw that last October. I mean, that game was, that was a really tight, taut, hard-fought game until uh, Chris Taylor's walk-off homer. So I think uh, you know the Cardinals are a pretty darn good team, as are the Dodgers. Mike, we really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, thank you so much. Enjoy uh, this series, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you again in the postseason if the two teams are matched up against each other. All right. Take care. Awesome. There's Mike D. Giovanna joining us here on uh, Sports Open Line Game, ready to cover the Cardinals and the Dodgers from Dodger Stadium. Again, the pitching matchup tonight, Jose Quintana on the mound for the Cardinals. Andrew Heaney goes for the Dodgers. The Game 2 pitching matchup coming up tomorrow night. Hour earlier, by the way, tomorrow night. An 8-10 first pitch as opposed to the 9-10 first pitch to uh, today. 8-10 uh, first pitch tomorrow. It'll be a battle of uh, left-handers once again in uh, Jordan Montgomery against um, Clayton Kershaw. And then Adam Wainwright is scheduled to pitch the finale coming up on Sunday. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some uh, slew women's soccer. 
Their head coach, uh, Katie Shields, set to uh, join us up next. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. There are so many great sports stories in the city of St. Louis right now, and one of those is the St. Louis University women's soccer team. They are 10-1. and They're on an eight-game winning streak, and this week they are a consensus top-10 team in the women's soccer national rankings. They are ranked number 10 by the United Soccer Coaches. That is the program's all-time highest ranking in the coaches poll. They are ranked number one in the East region for a third straight week. Uh, Top Drawer Soccer has them at number eight. That's the highest ranking in any poll in program history. And College Soccer News puts them at number nine. They got their 10th win yesterday in exciting fashion as uh, Caroline Kelly scored from long distance in the 84th minute, and they got the win against Loyola Chicago. A lot of things are going right for this program. It was a program, a team uh, that was not even ranked in the preseason Maybe they should have been just considering uh, they keep winning the league over and over and over again. They keep going to the NCAA uh, tournament over and over and over again, and they certainly appear to be on that track this year. With all that being said, let's go ahead and welcome in their head coach. She is uh, Katie Shields. Coach, uh, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Yeah, let's get into uh, last night. So you're, uh, no matter the poll, you're a top 10 team. You're matched up last night. It's tied against Loyola Chicago fairly late. And then uh, a last second, not last second, but Cameron Kelly in the 84th minute has a long distance goal. As that's going on and you're just kind of experiencing that moment, what's it like for you as a coach? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a stressful game. Uh, you know, I think the first half was a little a little boring, not a lot of shots on goal, not a lot of action. And, and then the second half, five goals, or sorry, four goals, a lot of entertainment, but that kind of that final moment. Um, we've seen Caroline do we have moments like that. It left her foot, and, you know, we had a great, it was right in front of our bench where she hit it. And uh, I think, you know, one of our, our assistant coaches said, Oh my gosh, that's going in. And it, you know, it's just a kind of that moment of joy um and celebration to to find the winner. As I mentioned, you guys are a consensus top 10 team uh, right now. It seems like it's kind of been building. You had that early win against Arkansas which kind of I don't know if that puts you on the map, but certainly made a lot of people take notice and and you've picked up a, a number of really good wins and now you're getting into A10 play. Just from a kind of a big picture standpoint, how happy are you with the way this season has developed? I think it's developed how we hoped. You know, we knew this coming into the season that this this team, the talent, we had a lot of potential and experience. Um, we were not ranked in any preseason polls, but I think internally as coaches, we knew we had a team that was among the nation's best um, and then put together a schedule that tested them. And this this group of women, they've, they've showed up every day, they've worked hard, and they've earned, you know, they've earned all, all these results, and are, they're continuing to grow and get better as the season goes. So happy so far with how it's played out, but we're only about midway. Um, and so, you know, a lot of work ahead of us in what's a really challenging league with the travel, the opponents, um, and where you get everybody's best shot in this league. So 
um, just excited for for the next opportunity. So you've got the record of ten and one. Your one loss this year came uh, against Notre Dame. I was just just looking at your schedule and what you've been able to do since then. You talk about a team responding over your next two games after that loss. You score uh, twelve combined goals. I know coaches never want to lose, but sometimes a loss can kind of do something for you. Can you talk to me about just the way your team did respond to what was your only loss of the year. I think it was a tremendous response. I mean, Notre Dame gave us, uh, they exposed us, they challenged us, they showed us what it looked like at the, you know, the elite level. And I think, you know, humbled in, in some ways. And uh, definitely that result kept us hungry. And then this team, again, they, they've they grown from each experience, whether it's the, a win or, or the lone loss. But um, I think that Notre Dame game is a great lesson because that could be a late NCAA tournament matchup. Um, or similar to that that we see, and and now we're more prepared for it. You've got the uh, Thursday Sunday turnaround, which is fairly standard, but you put the the home match, and then then you go on the road. Just in terms of coaching your team, playing an emotional matchup on Thursday, and then fairly quick turnaround going into your Sunday matchup in Pittsburgh against Duquesne. Well, what's the? How do you handle just making sure your team is ready, not pushing too much, knowing that you have to travel, knowing that you just played, like everything that goes into that turnaround? Yes, I mean it's a thing we've, as a staff, we've really worked at and kind of mastered over the years. That we're actually already in Pittsburgh, so that you know got to travel, get here a day early, get our legs under us, um, and get them recovery, and we'll train tomorrow, but. The, the nice part for, for us about this current team we have is they are also experienced. Um, we have some new players, but the vast majority of have been in the program have done this Thursday, Sunday travel. They know we can't look past any opponent or, you know, stay celebrating any victory too long. So it's really just a maturity of the team. And then I think from a staff standpoint, what our director of operations or assistant coaches, the work they put in to make trips run smoothly puts our team in a great position to win. Do you eat any pierogies when you're in Pittsburgh? I, I haven't. Well, we'll see. I, I like them, but I, I haven't. I just eat whatever the team's eating is basically my, uh, my deal. You're there early enough. You can get everybody pierogies tonight and not have to worry about it, you know, sitting in there uh, until, uh, until Sunday, right? That's true. That's true. We may. Uh from a bigger picture standpoint, we know that St. Louis is an incredible soccer community, but the the community is getting that much better because uh, of City SC coming in. How have you, like, I've heard it from people, like people are trying to learn about the sport of soccer, people who are not super soccer savvy. Is that trickling down to where there's more interest in soccer overall in the community? So maybe there's more interest in your program as well? You know, it's hard. It's a little hard to say because I think we just live in, a, in an unbelievable soccer community already. I mean, even in the last season, we were 16th in the country uh, nationally in attendance out of our 340 teams. This year, we're you know in the top 10 from a home attendance standpoint. So, uh, you know, soccer soccer breeds soccer. So obviously, the city, um, you know, the the stadium and just the buzz around it. It, it definitely. I think it just generates excitement around the game um, and more more great talent in the city. But um, we've always felt like we are in a, a hotbed and one of the best places in the country to, to play college soccer. Well, Coach, we really appreciate your time. Best of luck on Sunday and the rest of the season. It's a, it's a fantastic story how well your team is playing, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, catch up again as the season moves along. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Matt. 
There she is, uh, Coach uh, Katie Shields, joining us here on Sports Open Line to talk about her team, a top 10 team in the nation, the St. Louis University women's soccer team. Um, she didn't seem to be all in on the pierogies, which <laughs> I that was the first time I ever talked with her. She's obviously a very good coach. I enjoyed it. But she wasn't all in on the pierogies. Matt, have you ever had, have you been to the city of Pittsburgh, Matt Pajeski? No. Have you heard of pierogies? They're Polish, right? Uh, I yes, I, I don't even know what the, they're delicious. That's I, what they are. I think I've had them because they're Polish. Okay, as I am. All right, they are good. Um, Pramonti Brothers is kind of the the place that you. It's the cha- like a lot of places in Pittsburgh have pierogies, but the place that's kind of the corporate chain. I bet people in Pittsburgh, you say Pramonti Brothers, like ah, we can do better than that. Sal's down the street. That's where you go. Uh, but if you're from out of town. You go to Pramonti Brothers, you get yourself a pierogi. All is good in the world. They are Polish, by the way. Okay. They're delicious. They're so good. I'm hungry now for Pramonti Brothers. They, I would, uh, when uh, when I was doing Horizon League basketball, I I kid you not, I'm, I'm dead serious in what I'm about to tell you. We would play in Youngstown, Ohio against Youngstown State. Uh, it's equidistant from... Uh, Youngstown to fly out of Cleveland or to fly out of Pittsburgh. Either way, it's about an hour and a half or so of a drive to get to the airport. In the Pittsburgh airport, they have a Promonte Brothers. I would fly in and out of Pittsburgh just to guarantee myself that I could get myself some Promonte Brothers. I'm booking travel around Promonte Brothers. That that do I have a problem? No. Okay. Because you're admitting it. That's that's, that's step one. That's the first step. (laughs) They're so good. Yeah, so they've got one in the Pittsburgh airport, if in case you uh, ever... I don't think there are many layovers through the uh, Pittsburgh airport, but I guess guess you never know. Love them. Love them. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's the number you call. That's the number you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, we'll talk some more Cardinals baseball, get you all set for the network broadcast. We're uh, about a half hour out from our coverage of Cardinals baseball night. They match up against the Dodgers. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Swing and a miss for a Redbird winner. Your St. Louis Cardinals are seeking yet another Central Division championship. The magic number is five. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. Sports Open Line does continue. Just a few minutes left in the program. We'll have our top of the hour news, and then we'll get into coverage of Cardinals baseball tonight. Cardinals and Dodgers opening up a weekend series against each other. Jose Quintana on the mound, 5-6, and six, a 3.16 ERA. All right, so let's see if uh, I get any response to this. want you to uh, text or tweet at me. You can text 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The question is, who is the most famous person that has you blocked on Twitter? Who are you blocked by on Twitter who is a famous person? Matt Pajeski and I were having a conversation because he tweets out stuff for the KMOX Sports account and then I retweet it and... Uh, he asked, like, what percentage of my tweets are KMOX Sports retweets? And then he made the joke that he was going to block me. 
and it brought this up. So I am a fan of the uh, comedian slash actor Bobby Moynihan, former SNL uh, actor. He was on a show. I think it was me, myself, and I. I me, myself, and I. It also had um, uh, Larry John Larriquette, David Larriquette, John Larriquette. And so that they were on the show together, and it got canceled. So he left SNL to go do that show, and then the show got canceled after one year, and it was a bummer for multiple reasons because a he left SNL, and I liked him on SNL, and I really we really liked that show in the Pauly household. That was a show we watched every single week, and it got canceled, so it was a bummer. So then fast forward a little bit, and uh, Keenan Thompson got a show at NBC, and at the time I didn't know he was going to stay on SNL. And I tweeted something out along the lines that said, man, I hope it doesn't happen with Keenan Thompson like it happened with Bobby Moynihan, that um, he leaves SNL for a TV show and then it gets canceled and you left SNL and you're out of a job. I didn't mean it in a mean way. And it should be noted, I did not tag Bobby Moynihan in that tweet. Like I was not bringing Bobby Moynihan's attention to that tweet. I guess Bobby, or at least the people who run Bobby's social media accounts, do searches for his name because the next thing I, because I see that he likes the tweet, I was like, that's weird that he would like it. And then I clicked on his account and I was blocked. So, by the way, if anybody out there knows Bobby Moynihan, Tell him to unblock me on Twitter because I'm a fan of his and I didn't mean anything by what I was saying. He took it the wrong way. But yeah, so Bobby Moynihan is mine, the most famous person who has me blocked. And it's a bummer for me. I like Bobby Moynihan. I was not saying anything bad about the guy. He just, he took it uh, the wrong way. So I want to see what kind of names we get, see if any response comes in. Who's the most famous person that has you blocked on Twitter? Tweet at me or text me. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is how much it actually bugged me. I, I swear, I wrote a letter to him. I found there's like, you know, a lot of like celebrities have like addresses that you can send stuff to. He doesn't, but I figured out uh, who his agency was, and I wrote a letter to Bobby Moynihan uh, via his agency apologizing for the mistake, saying, I, I think you took the – I'm sure I look like a crazy person, right? Like You get that letter, it's a crazy person. I I looked like I was absolutely crazy, but I just felt – because I really – I obviously offended him, and I wasn't trying to offend him. If I say something offensive on Twitter, and I, I probably have at some point in time, and I offend you, well, I get it. But that was not meant in an offensive way, and it really bothered me. It really bugged me that he took offense to it. So I wrote him a letter. Who knows? He, he probably never saw it. His his agent, some some intern at his agency, opened it up and said, "What is this?" and threw it away immediately. I'm sure Bobby Moynihan never actually saw the letter. But that's all I could do. I couldn't reach out to him any other way. I'm blocked on Twitter. Uh, a couple notes about the Cardinals going into tonight's game. Albert Pujols is in the two spot in the lineup. Just the third time in his uh, career he has been the two-hitter and the second time in about the last week, last Saturday, against the Reds he was in uh, the two spot. Uh, Albert Pujols batting in the two spot, uh, according to manager Oliver Marmel, uh, because uh, it's more at bats against a lefty. 
Um, and uh, also said last time they did it, there were a lot of runners on for him. So uh, let's do it again. Also, Yadier Molina out of the lineup for a third straight game. Marmel saying that he is dealing with some uh, general uh, soreness. Does expect Molina to catch at some point in this series. You would think for sure. I bet he doesn't catch tomorrow. If he's got some general soreness, you don't want him to catch tomorrow and then show up to the ballpark on Sunday and be like, yeah, I can't go when Wainwright's going to be going on Sunday. you got to add as many games to that record as you possibly can before all is said and done. So we probably won't see uh, Molina in the lineup tomorrow, but uh, in all likelihood we would see him in the lineup coming up on Sunday. All right, that's just about going to do it for uh, this edition of uh, Sports Open Line. Don't go anywhere. We still we got a lot of time left together. We're not. We're going to spend the next few hours together in some form or fashion. Uh, Cardinals baseball. I've got you for the pregame show, the postgame show, the extra inning show. In between, you'll hear from uh, John Rooney and Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne and Dan McLaughlin, and uh, who knows who else might pop up as well. So it's Cardinals baseball. Our coverage begins after the news, and the news begins in just a few minutes. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Thanks to all my guests. Thanks to Matt Pajeski, who's awesome. And we will talk to you again in just a few minutes here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.